Welcome in to the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Eager. I'm joined by Ben Brown. Ben Brown of the College DFS Heater fame. Uh, another one last week. I, how do you do in that second slate? I, I know that in the first slate, you basically just made one. You, you, you took one shot, one opportunity, um, and you had almost the perfect lineup. Ended up winning a decent amount there. What, what about the second slate? Yeah, the second slate wasn't as good. I think I definitely uh, game stacked the wrong matchup. I should have listened to uh, Green Line's intuition on leaning towards the under, but I uh, kind of got sucked up with you know a high total game in the ap- in the late afternoon. I think it was actually probably early, even it was a six thirty slate. So that one didn't go as well. But yeah, the main slate of college uh, DFS was quite. Uh, productive it was nice the actual blow-up model which i didn't tweet out the graphs for um on friday or saturday so i do apologize for that i had a little bit of a technical issue but uh that was on we had you know the indiana stack once again ty frigel a little whoop Billior. if i would have had you know less whoop more tie i think we would have been in a much better spot but uh either way it definitely worked out so that indiana stack has definitely been hot uh with michael penix running it back so that's one that i've been uh riding here the last few weeks and it's uh worked out pretty well for me but uh i gotta figure out who i like in those later games i guess to kind of keep the good times rolling here for college dfs you can never have too much wop except when uh the other wide receiver who you had a week ago i think right um you know blows up but okay you know one of the things so by the way that under in the liberty game was probably the only bet we won after about four o'clock on saturday we were up 12 units in the nfl which is you know basically we we were one in three in the early games and didn't lose a bet the rest of the day or or on Monday when we went three and zero side total and money line. Um, oh, but in college football we had our second losing week of the year. We were behind seven units, which is not great. Um, but we're going to rebound this week. The problem right. is that we don't get to rebound until Thursday because for some reason we don't get action. Maction, usually the you know complimentary piece to this podcast and something we can look forward to on Wednesdays. None of that this week. We're going to start. We have two games on Thursday. Colorado State, the Rams at Air Force. Air Force favored by five and a half. We also have New Mexico um, at Utah State, the Jason Shelley-less Utah State Aggies. Um, Utah State is plus six and a half at home. Either of these games entice you, Ben? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Green Line leans a little bit towards Utah State. Uh, of course, the quarterback situation, like you touched on brief, briefly, Jason Shelley dismissed from the team. It sounds like Aaron, Andrew Peasley is going to be back uh, from his COVID contact tracing mishap. So uh, from that perspective, I'm not sure what we're going to get from uh, the Utah State quarterback situation. I think the in general, this team's been a little bit chaotic. I know they are 10th overall um, in the Mountain West, according to our ELO rankings. We do have New Mexico as the worst team, according to those ELO rankings. But um, I am kind of leaning towards New Mexico at least winning. I don't really feel too comfortable playing Utah State, which uh, we really only have value on the money line at this point in time. It's one of those spots where uh, maybe you could do more of an in-game bet or something, but I think uh, I'll probably just be tuned into that NFL action Steelers Ravens on Thursday night, especially since uh, Green Line NFL has an edge on that game instead. Yeah, the, the the Ravens catching a number of points in that game in many ways because of the COVID information. I agree with you; these two games don't really appeal to me. However, um, you know that that has never stopped me before. Let's go. <laughs> Your know, Friday, we have. Let me look. Nine, ten games. I'm just going to get this one out of the way because. 
Look, never let UMass get hot, okay? Right. UMass is catching 37.5 points on the road. We've been on UMass th- twice this year. They're 2-0 against the spread. They lost 51-10 to to Marshall, but they were 44.5-point dogs. It got you to the window. And then last week on Friday, they were, what, 31-point 31 31 yeah. underdogs? 31.5. Willie Taggart and the Florida Atlantic. Uh, I forgot their their mascot. UMass loses that game twenty four to two. So we got. I, I tweeted this out on Friday. I bet a little UMass to feel alive. I bet a little Florida Atlantic at half. We got the middle in that game. Um, I, I wanted to say that for nothing, no other reason that there is value on UMass again. Uh, getting thirty seven and a half at Liberty. Liberty coming off their first loss of the season uh, against NC State. Um, it does look like we have to take this game down. There are only, are only nine UAB Blazers against Southern Miss. That does look like it's been canceled. Yes, Ben? Yep. That one has been canceled. Liberty, unfortunately, was one of those later uh, games on Saturday that didn't go correctly for us. Of course, they had either the, the missed field goal, blocked field goal, basically, yeah, at the end. They, they gave up the uh, safety. That was probably the reason, right? That they, right. Um, you know, that we're much better. We're, yeah, we're much better fading the flames than backing the flames. I think that should just be our life motto at this point at Liberty. Uh, I just don't know if I can get behind him again. But yeah, I was a little bit more scared to back UMass than you were. I even told uh, people on the Thursday night, Friday morning edition of this podcast that I probably wasn't too comfortable in playing them. I'm glad you talked me into it. But I got to ask, is there anything better than hitting a middle uh in any sort of opportunity because I think that's just like the absolute nuts. It feels so good. It feels feels so good. good. And especially because I believe we hit that middle because so it was minus 14 and at at Florida Atlantic won the second half 17 to 2. So it was the 2 for UMass kept the 31 from ever being in doubt, right? But it also like wasn't enough to overcome uh, the 17 that Florida Atlantic got. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a perfect middle. Um, You know, Iowa State goes to Texas. Texas favored by one, 56.5 total. I don't really have a huge feel for that game. Um, Iowa State's come through for us against Oklahoma early in the year. Um, they came through for us against Oklahoma State as well. Um, Texas came through for us against Oklahoma State too. Um, but I, I, I don't really have a good gauge on this game. Um, the other one I, I kind of want to talk about just – you know, in passing is, you know, my Nebraska Cornhuskers against, I don't know, your, maybe not your, but maybe your wife's Iowa Hawkeyes, Ben. Um, Nebraska's awful. And, right. and there's, there's nothing really more to say. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're getting, they're, they're catching 13 and a half. And the only reason I would ever think of betting Nebraska in this game is because Iowa doesn't seem like they can separate with, uh, basically anybody. I mean, the, these Big Ten games, it's just difficult to see points being scored. Yeah, I mean, Iowa doesn't necessarily have the defensive that they've had in prior years. We do have from fifth overall in our opponent's just defensive grades. So um, from that perspective, it seems like they've been relying just a little bit more on their offense. So maybe they're capable of separating. But I don't know. Nebraska's definitely a disaster at this point. They're starting Luke McCaffrey at quarterback. I'm not quite sure what happened to Adrian Martinez, but I think he's had one of the weirder uh, college football quarterback career arcs that of anybody that I can possibly think of in recent memory. Is there anyone else that you could potentially compare Adrian Martinez's career to at this point? Who is the other Martinez the starter for them? It was almost the exact same thing. He came in as a freshman with great fans during, yeah, right. during my time in Nebraska, and eventually... Uh, you know, he he he, he sort of petered out at the end too. 
Right. That was before the college football PFF era. So we act, we talk about those as the dark times of college football at this right, point. Right, right. So. The, the unenlightened period. Um, right. Here's, here's one that I sort of want to – so there are a couple other games. Obviously, U, UCF, USF, um, that game, big spread, big total. Um, there's also – you know, there is some action, Central Michigan at Eastern Michigan. We've been we've been gotten a few times by Eastern Michigan uh, in the past. We kind of like the total on that game. What I want to finish with, though, in this podcast is probably low-key one of the biggest games of the weekend, and it's the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, Mike Renner's Irish, um, laying five on the road against a North Carolina Tar Heels team that is not in contention for the college football playoff, um, has lost some games to some bad teams, but a team I think that there's plenty of value on here, given that at the most important position in, in even college football, they are, I, I think, better in Sam yeah. Howell. I, uh, I like the North Carolina Tar Heels here getting five at home. Yeah, I do think that they have the much better quarterback in that situation. Of course, you know, Notre Dame has the high-quality defense fourth overall in the country in our opponent just grades, but I kind of lean towards North Carolina on the offense, especially at quarterback. I think our opponent adjusted grades for offense have Notre Dame just a little bit higher. I'm not sure I necessarily agree with that ranking. So I like uh, UNC at home plus five. I do think that they're definitely viable both on the spread. And I kind of think that they might be live here on the money line as well. Plus 175. Um, I'm not sure what one I like more at this point in time, but I definitely like the Tar Heels uh, matching up. I think they've kind of played down to their competition. So I'm excited to see them actually probably have the opportunity to play up to a team that's you know sitting there in the college football playoff pitcher at this point in time and uh you know looking to play spoiler so i'm uh on the tar heels on friday and i think this is probably going to be the best game of the weekend as well so it's one i'm definitely excited about here's here's a name and stop the presses because i'm going to talk about a running back here we've already done a lot of the college to pro work on him michael carter is one of the best running backs in all of college football he breaks tackles he makes plays um, you know, after contact, he is terrific. Um, Sam Howell is obviously going to be the, the player that gains the most, um, you know, notoriety if they win this game. But there's a good chance that Michael Carter is one of the big reasons that they go ahead and, and upset Notre Dame here again. Yeah. And they have Javante Williams there in the backfield too. So they kind of have this like weird two headed monster thing happening at UNC. And they, uh, you know, don't really, they distribute the ball quite well to both of them. They don't necessarily have Sam Howell probably throwing it as much um, as they should at this point. I think their, you know, pass to run ratio is right at 52%. Notre Dame's actually flipped. They actually have a higher percentage of runs. But I don't know. I kind of like their passing offense. Daz Newsom uh, has been getting it done for them. I think he had it basically a blow-up game on our blow-up model here two weeks ago so I definitely think that they can be a high highly productive offense both in passing and rushing the football so that's what I think is probably going to win them the game against the fourth ranked or the fourth overall defense for Notre Dame uh, yeah I think teams I think uh, people who if there's a DFS slate on that Friday who fade North Carolina are making a mistake here's the thing about North Carolina they've played games where they've been the better team the entire time they've played games where they've been the worst team but have come from behind in, in in very dramatic fashion against Florida State. It didn't they didn't quite get there against uh, Wake Forest. They 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 got there and then some. Um, if Notre Dame comes out and punches North Carolina in the face, that's not the end of it for them. I, I do right. think the back door will be open basically the entire game. Okay, let's talk about one Saturday game. Um, I'm looking through the slate now. Uh, Minnesota, few, Minnesota, Wisconsin's off the board. Off which the board. Means I don't have to bet the Gophers again. 
Um, there's not a ton of value here. Um, I think I can give you two. I have one way under the radar play okay. uh, that I kind of like. It's a team that we've been backing uh, most of the season, but it's the North Texas Mean Green three and a half point dogs at UTSA. Um, our models have, you know, North Texas. This should probably be closer to a three point spread, so you are getting that extra half point. These teams are basically back to back in our Conference USA ELO rankings. Uh, North Texas has the much better offense, second overall in the conference, according to our opponent, Justin Grade. So um, I'm taking the points with the better quarterback and the better offense in this matchup for the North Texas Mean Green. Is that something that you can get behind at this point? Yes. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. UTSA was a a frustrating team to watch the other day. Um, They didn't end up getting to the window. We did end up getting, was that um, uh, Southern Miss to the the window in that game? Frank Gore Jr. with the sauce. Here's one. Okay, I know you have one more, and let me see if this is one that you also like. I like, I like San Jose State Ooh. plus eleven plus eleven at Boise. San right. Jose State has been live all year, right? And and I think that they get us to the window here in a spunky effort. Boise State obviously being overvalued in, in, in large part because of special teams, because of turnovers, because of silliness. Give me San Jose State here. Yeah, I mean, I've been looking to back San Jose State for a while. I think I wrote them up, what was it, last week, basically, and their game got canceled, um, and they didn't end up even playing at that point. So I do think that this, they're definitely um, a live dog here. I would definitely like them a lot more at 11.5 points spread. I don't really think they're playable on the money line, but um, I do think Boise State's just a little bit overrated, kind of like you mentioned. Hank Bashmir has been, you know, a much better quarterback lately. Um, they kind of had some questions earlier in the season, but I do think these kind of uh, come through lately and kind of been, you know, what they need from a production standpoint. But I don't really think that the Boise State offense um, is that much better than the Spartans offense. So I think from that perspective, um, I think San Jose is going to stay, it's going to be able to keep it close. And they do have the much better defense in this matchup as well. So I definitely like that play. Um, and that's one that I'm definitely going to be on board with. I should maybe, I should maybe write that up in my uh, college football betting article tomorrow. Cool. What was your last game? So I kind of like, we've gone to this window before. Um, I am a little bit nervous about this because I do like Mikel Cunningham, but I kind of like Boston College uh, on the money line against the Louisville Cardinals. Mikel Cunningham, he's been playing okay, but, you know, Phil Jerkovich is basically the same exact uh, PFF passing grade, but he's kind of a guy that uh, has been productive for us previously, gotten us to the window a couple times, once against Clemson, after the Trevor Lawrence news, of course, but um, he's still... You know, they were basically a live dog throughout that whole game, and they've been playing pretty well here um, over the last few weeks. So, I definitely like the Eagles to potentially cover or go, you know, or win outright on the money line as minus 115 uh, play on the money line at this point. What do you think of that? I love it. Jeff Halfley is a great coach. Um, he's done great work with the Boston College Eagles. They've been competitive in basically every single game. Um, you know, they petered out a little bit against Notre Dame, but they were competitive early in that contest. They're averaging 0.15 expected points per pass play, um, and that's five times as well, as good as Louisville is. Uh, so I love it. Um, the only concern here is that, you know, pass rating went under pressure is higher than when clean. That generally regresses. However, Cunningham is only a 33.2 pass rating went under pressure, which I think is probably fundamental to his game. So uh, I love those. Those are great. Uh, this is going to be, even though we're going to have to wait a couple days, normal, more than normal, this is going to be a great week of college football. Ben, thank you 
uh, for consoling me on a day where I didn't get any action. Um, and for Ben Brown, this is Eric Eager. You have listened to the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Have a good Thanksgiving. Good luck betting on Houston and, and Baltimore, uh, should you dare to do so. Uh, good night. Good night.